You are listening to the Content Academy podcast where we teach online businesses how to create raving fans with their content. So let's get to it. Yes, you're very welcome along to the Content Academy podcast and today we have an absolute corker of a guest for you. It's Erica Duran from ericaduran.co. Erica is a freedom-based lifestyle designer who helps people get out of their 9 to 5 and live the lives they want. That's all according to Erica and she does a very, very good job of it. Um, at a glance, I suppose, taking a look at ericaduran.co, you'll see she's got a lot of content going on, Paul, and she most certainly brought her A-game today. Yeah, she certainly did. Um, I mean, if you focus on what she's actually doing, you know, she's living in the most glamorous places in the world, getting VIP treatment, and she's created this life for herself, all from her online content that she creates with a very process-driven uh, and very goal-oriented uh, style, which you know, is fantastic because uh, Erica gets into so much detail in this podcast, I guarantee it's going to need a second listen because there literally is that much actionable info which is shared. Yeah, there really is. I mean, the show notes, obviously, uh, which you can find at content.academy forward slash episode five, um, have plenty in them. And we probably could have put a hell of a lot more in there, but we put them in there all day. So I suppose sit back, get comfortable. And uh, here's Erica Duran. As we said, we have Erica Duran on the line. Erica, thank you very much for taking the time out of your day to come and speak with us here in the Content Academy podcast. How are you? I'm great. Thank you for having me. Not at all. Thank you for seeing us. Um, We know you're a very busy lady, so taking some time out of your day is greatly appreciated. I suppose before we kick into the real meat of the topic, uh, you might just tell our audience a little bit about yourself if they're not familiar and also uh, what you're up to at the moment. Sure. I am a business coach and mentor. I've been in business over 20 years now. And I also call myself a freedom-based lifestyle designer because I help people get out of their nine to five and live the lifestyle that they really desire instead of just living up to what society says you have to do. And I also host a podcast and web TV show where I travel full-time and I stay at the resorts that sponsor the shows. Excellent. I really love that idea. Paul, who could we get to sponsor us? So I want to do some traveling. <laughs> tell you what, yeah, there's be a few in there. Let, let's uh, contact the, the Hilton Hotel chain for a start. They have a few nice locations. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's where my, my first sponsor came from, was Hilton Waikolo Village. Oh, there Excellent. you go. There you go. Could be on something. So I'll write that down. <laughs> yeah, that, great hotel chain. I've always said it. That mightn't go in the show notes, but it's definitely part of my notes anyway. I suppose, Erica, <laughs> really, I'm looking at your site here, which is ericaduran.co. And straight away, the first thing that hits me, um, apart from the beautiful imagery and the nice locations, um, is your menu options. You have a lot going on. You're a very busy lady. And I suppose... <laughs> For, for people who may struggle, I suppose, even with creating two to three pieces of content a week, how do you manage to plan out your time so you can do so much? Well, prior to being a full-on business coach and mentor, I was a productivity expert, so I did a lot of <laughs> that, that answers yeah. that. <laughs> I did a lot of workshops and classes and training for years, and that's still one of my main topics. So... Um, And I also was a certified professional organizer for quite a while. So organization and planning out things is one of my strong points. And uh, I think I go back and forth with editorial calendars. I'll get really gung-ho 
you know, for a season or so. And then I feel sometimes that it gets kind of stale and I kind of just ask my audience what they want to hear or I just write what's been coming up a lot for my clients or myself in my business rather than sticking to my editorial calendar all the time. I like that. That's straight away. You've, you've jumped on a buzzword. Phil is always talking about and his editorial <laughs> calendars and, and he sets up ours, you know, and, you know, he makes sure that we stick to it. Um, with your, your editorial calendar, I mean, do you use tools for that? Uh, yes, I use uh, Asana sometimes and I use uh, just my paper uh, day planner at times. Excellent. And I, I suppose when it comes down to it, how far in advance would you plan content? Or I suppose you kind of mentioned season there. Is, is that, is that how you, you break it down? Yeah, I, uh, I, you know, like a lot of people, I probably get a little too gung ho at the beginning of the year in January. And I will seriously sit down for an entire day and plan out for the whole year. Um, and it, it makes it easier for me each month I would think about a topic. So maybe January is all about yeah. productivity and February is about uh, SEO and March is about, um, you know, apps or something like that. Okay, you know, so you give it a theme. Give it a theme so it's easier yes. to uh, get the, get just, you know, get out of writer's block and get into some main topics that my audience is asking about. But every so often I get burnt out on, like I said before, with the editorial calendar and I'll go off of it. But I always keep, you know, my my notes and my topics and everything in the editorial calendar in case I ever do come across a time where I can't think of anything to write. Yeah, I, I like that. It's having 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 a backup plan just in case, right. even if you don't <laughs> stick to it. And I mean, one thing you mentioned there was keeping keeping the editorial calendar and your notes. So, I mean, I'm a big fan of having something fairly well fleshed out before I put digital pen to paper and start crafting a piece of content, how much do you like to have in place before you really get down to writing? I used to map out the articles a little, uh, quite a bit before I wrote them, but that was more when I was doing uh, productivity type topics that are more step by step. Mm. And lately I've been doing more just from the heart, straight up writing. And um, so I don't plan that out at all. It's almost like it comes through me instead of um, thinking about it or planning yeah, so it you're out. You're inspired and you just, you get the message out there. Right. Yeah. 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 I, I, I love that. But and here, here's something that I think our audience really need to focus in on is that you do get inspired and you just sit down and write. However, there is a plan in place. So it's not that you're sitting down to think about what you're writing in terms of a topic. It's that you're sitting down to write about that topic and having that plan in place allows you to have a clear mind when you sit down. So again, and you mentioned it straight off the bat, that dreaded writer's block. And that's one way of defeating that is while you may not have it fully fleshed and you may be writing from, from, from within and from the heart, as you said, it's very much a case that you know roughly what it's going to be topic-wise. Mm-hmm. Yes, definitely. Yeah. And that, that's a major thing. I think a lot of people kind of overlook that or seem to think that it's, when it's time to sit down and write, they sit down and go, okay, what am I going to write about? And then you're, you know, 20 minutes, half an hour later, you still haven't written a single word and you go, oh, I've got writer's block. No, you don't. <laughs> if you had a topic, you could start writing. But if you don't have that, you're not going to go any further. 
Um, I suppose pushing it on from there. I mean, I, I like the the layout of your content and and the way you have it have it um have it done. You have nice big images, very very clear with your headline in there. Um, and and obviously the branding and color stick with the color scheme of your website. Uh, before I touch on the kind of the graphics and stuff like that, do you have a set kind of um layout that you like to use um or does it depend on what you're writing i mean i know when we we did it and um, when we were writing say about our, our football side of things i always had a set layout that i like to use in terms of how many lines go here how many go there how i'd break it down where my quotes would kind of sit and where my images would sit do you do something similar or does it very much depend on the topic um i tend to keep um i don't know how technical you want to get i as technical as you're willing to go okay then um yeah i like to use a mixture of my own pictures and just graphics that use my colors and uh i always have a click to tweet somewhere in there i always have a call to action at the bottom um and i the the there's a little intro and then if I ever get into a step-by-step or a one, two, three or how to, that line is in an H3 and then the supporting lines are in H4. Um, you, if you're familiar with the WordPress. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, uh, it's something that you need to just get your head around at some point. Yeah. Yeah. So it just, just to keep it consistent and then, if an assistant or anyone ever helps me, they don't have to think about it. They just, you know, I know H3 is for this type of line and I know to use H4 for the supporting steps. Yeah, I like that. It makes it makes the, the process after after it's written, even if you just even type it all out in one font and then you can go back in and go, okay, I know that needs to be that, that needs to be that. There's no thinking about it and looking at it and kind of going, does that look right? Does that look right? You've already decided what you like and what you think it should look like. So it kind of cuts that time down very much. So it's key to have an idea, I suppose, is the big thing we want to get across of what you want your content to look like. And if you set a standard, it also helps you look good but also saves yeah. you time in the end. Yeah, it saves you time. And, and I'm just all about not having to reinvent the wheel and think about it all the time. So I do the same. I actually technically have three blogs on my site because one's video, one's radio, and one's written blog, uh, traditional blog. Yeah. So to juggle those three pieces, I just have to keep it the same or I'll drive myself crazy. <laughs> Yeah, I like the way you, you know, your your blog posts, they're very clear. Obviously, your your website is well designed. There's a lot of space. It's, you know, it's nice white text. As regards your, your sentences, and I suppose I heard Pat Flynn talking about this a good couple of years ago now. He was saying that if his English teacher actually saw the way he wrote his blog posts, he would have got kicked out of school. And I'm just <laughs> wondering, is that when you're writing your posts, do you write them like and space them out as if they're going directly onto your blog or do you just write big paragraphs and edit it afterwards or, you know, what, what way do you run things? Yeah, I write it out just in uh, Google Docs. So my editor has access to it and I write it pretty much just one sentence per line most of the time, just because that's easier oh, well. to read on the internet. Yeah. It's just okay. I, I think it's easier to read on the internet that way because that most and especially with everyone I think the number is close to ninety percent now are reading these things on their phone or a tablet. It's even more important that there's just a lot of space between each line. Yes, yes. So a sentence becomes a paragraph. So then, when you write it, then is it a case then that you just you write a sentence to your Google Docs and you just move on to a whole new line and, and do it that way when you're creating the content? 
Yeah, yeah. And then my editor goes in there and cleans it up um, as far as, you know, typos or wrong word choices or whatever. And then I paste it back into WordPress from Google Docs. Excellent. Another thing you mentioned there is an editor and it is always very important to hopefully get someone else to edit it. But if you can't do that, at the very least, edit your own stuff for mistakes because they will crop in there. It is just naturally what happens. <laughs> oh, when yeah. And, uh, you know, it's nicer for you to spot them than for someone to highlight it because that's the sort of stuff people do tend to highlight on the internet for, for whatever reason. Oh, the grammar police to be out in force. Yeah, they are. And I, I know back before I had an editor, I got some people unsubscribing because I made a silly mistake or whatever. And I'm like, well, you know, if they're that uptight, I don't really want them on my list. Yeah, you know, off you go. Yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. Sometimes, it, I mean, it does add some humanness to the blog, but I don't, you know, of course, I don't want to look like an idiot either. Um, so I really value my editor. Sometimes she goes on vacation and I have to rely on Grammarly.com. I don't know if you. Yeah, we, I've, I've used it, Jeff. Yeah, I love that because anywhere you write on the entire internet, even Facebook, it t- helps you um, avoid mistakes. So I really like that tool. Yeah, no, and it's a good one for people to check out again. If you don't have an editor and you are editing your stuff yourself, certainly run it through Grammarly beforehand. It's not a bad idea. Even if you're <laughs> certain, no, no, I'm good. I know it. Put it through anyway. If it tells you you're right, well, then fair play to you because I've never once put something in despite no matter how certain I am that hasn't come back with something I need to change. Um, and the last thing you want to do, as Paul said, is have one of your readers highlight that to you in your comment section, especially if it's a, a fairly simple error. I suppose pushing on from the uh, the editing process, Erica, um, what, 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 what do you find is one of the most difficult things um, when it comes to creating your content, I mean, obviously we've brainstormed the idea now. We have it, we, you know, when we, we are getting it down on paper. But do you find anything that really strikes you as a as a reoccurring theme when it comes to creating? Uh, as far as a struggle, yeah. Um, or is it just forcing yourself to sit? No, you know, I guess my biggest tip about all my content that I could give today would be to do these things in batches. So. For example, the I try to do a month's worth of blog posts in one day so I don't have that last-minute stress um, wow. about it. And then as far as the video, you'll probably laugh, but I'll do – I probably did 10 to 20 videos in a day, and it's the day that I, you know, would normally get my hair and everything done. So I kind of batch that together in my schedule. So I'll just plow through – 20 to 30 videos. Excellent. Um, yeah, and the podcast, if I'm doing solo episodes, I'll do them maybe four to six in a, in a sitting. But if I'm doing interviews, of course, it's the scheduling and all that. But then again, I still batch the intros and outros. Like I'll plow through six or eight sets of intros and outros and then just piece in the, um, the conversation recording later. Absolutely. I'm a big fan of batching. Um, mm-hmm. it, it gets it gets you into a workflow. And once you're in that workflow, things get done a lot quicker rather than doing them one piece at a time and putting it together like kind of like a jigsaw nearly and kind of having to start to finish going line to line. Whereas batch processing, I am a big fan. And I, you laughed about about creating your videos and going through so many in a day. 
I've done that. I've spent. I've been that soldier. You, everything's set up. Right, we're on location. Let's get it done. Right. And and spending the day in front of the camera. Right. What's next? Okay. Well, first, let me go change short. Which let me just say is a big <laughs> thing for people who are batching videos. I've seen it so often. People, you can tell the videos have been batched. And listen, I'm not knocking it. It's a great idea. Right. But bring a change of clothes. Right. At least change. <laughs> at least change your shirt because it becomes right. increasingly obvious after 15 videos that. Does that guy just own one shirt? Yeah, it's, it's right. a two-week course, and you've got the you know cartoon type shirt on every day, huh? <laughs> so right. just well, just something to bear in mind. <laughs> yeah, it does help with editing. In fairness, it makes it a lot easier for your editor to to, yeah. to work with. But just it's I call always, it continuity, I guess. Yeah, right. it's just something I always laugh at when I see. Um, and I I commend people for doing it. It's brilliant. But you know, just little things to bear in mind, and these are the little things that perhaps people don't really think about. Um. You know, when it comes to comes to doing that kind of thing, um, obviously we touched on how your content is laid out, but I as I said, you do have some great images and with the headlines in, the branding is right, the color schemes are right. How important have you found that to be? Um, I assume, and maybe I'm wrong, but I assume like us, it didn't start out that way. This is something that has grown as part of your content that you've kind of leveled in at some point. So, how have you found that to be since you've introduced that? Right. Well, if you dig back in my blogs back to 2012, you'll see a lot of different random graphics and pictures. And I'm actually going through the process of going back through all of them and cleaning them up and making them more part of the brand I have now. You're trying to hide the evidence. (laughs) Yeah, not really, just to make it more consistent. And I'm going to start repurposing those pieces of content. So if they're going out, Again, like on LinkedIn or Facebook, again, it's time to clean up the uh, branding of it. Again, it's I I kind of do the the graphics and on the same way everywhere now, just so I don't have to think about it because I'm juggling so many pieces of content now with with not just writing but the radio and the web TV show. Yeah. Um, but it is. Um, you know, adding elements of the of the Hawaiian lifestyle into it is it's not just my brand, but it's you know sets me apart from generic business coach online. I mean, the the market is so crowded with coaches and mentoring, especially ones that help new entrepreneurs. So, in order to make it stand out, you know, I'm bringing elements of my personality, so my love for Hawaii, and then my even my dogs are on my homepage and my header. <laughs> and I, I, one thing you said there was it was helping you to stand out. That's very easy to do when you're using images, and even when you're doing video or podcasts, you can really emphasize stuff and make things stand out within those videos, whether it's re- re- repetition. And um, again. Same on the podcast, really enforcing something. Um, and the images, obviously, you can you can highlight them using different color schemes or different texts. But in terms of your writing, is there any kind of technique that you like to use if you really want to emphasize a point within that piece of content? Uh, as far as just highlighting it, I don't really use a lot of, um, I don't want to say they're distractions. I, I don't really use a whole lot of highlighting or bolding or anything like that. Hmm. No, no, it's interesting to find because again obviously we have our ways of doing things and this is what i love about the show i get to speak to other people who are creating great content and just pick their brains and say is this just me am i that strange person in the corner who actually has a thought process behind how i do these things or 
you know, does everyone else just sit down and go, okay, well, this is how I do it. But they don't, I, I seem to analyze things a lot more. So I'm just interested to see how people do it. Um, like, I mean, obviously you, you've, you said about your click to tweets, which I think is brilliant and having that in there, because that will obviously, if there's something in there that you really want to get out, you can put it in. I was just curious about, about bowling and stuff like that, whether it was something you like to use. Um, I don't use too much. I do do a lot of um, internal links re- referencing other articles. Yeah. So that they'll click around if if they're reading about an ideal client checklist, it has a link back to another sales topic or whatever like that. So um, I'm more interested in them reading through the entire thing and getting to the call to action or sharing the article. So I, I don't use, I mean, I don't, in the particular theme I have, the I, there's the, the quote, you could do the quote box. Yeah. Um, design and in my theme it just kind of puts a uh, vertical dark line so it doesn't look that good in my particular theme and other themes i've had it does it did the big quote um graphic next to the big important part um so i can see that's probably why i'm not doing it as much and i do like the interaction with the clicks to tweet so that's what i've been using Mm. um i did do a, a a blog recently about vision boards that work and I used a lot more pictures than I normally would because I showed the audience or the reader uh, my vision board picture that I had on my board for years and then the actual real life picture that came to happen that came a reality oh, so that so was this a- is your, your visualization really so for you kind of picturing what you're you're working towards is it yeah, the the one from September 17th, that post is really popular. And maybe I should start adding more photographs and things because that that really went not viral, but, you know, I got a lot more attention than the other posts. <laughs> uh, I'm actually just looking at that now. And there's a bit of a geek and he's going to ask here uh, the car. The yellow car. What it was, the yellow car. <laughs> what, what, what is it? I can't really see enough it's, of it. It's a yellow Camaro that I got uh, as a sponsor for the podcast. I launched the podcast at the Hilton Waikoloa Village in January and uh, Alamo Rent-A-Car in Kona Airport, uh, you know, magically upgraded me to the, the whatever car I wanted instead of the one I reserved. So um, nice. that's a yellow Camaro. <laughs> love it, love it, love it. Um, and I mean, it, it's very interesting that, I mean, you're saying you should probably put more images within and within the articles and uh, and that that had a big a big effect on the uh the kind of the impact your article had do you think however that there might be a point where there's too much going on in terms of articles or a term too much term in terms of images within the articles should i say paul i'm really tongue-tied today <laughs> yeah, you certainly are you know uh, myself and erica are just wondering where you're going you know <laughs> I'm, I'm struggling um, i really am yeah that's I don't okay know. I'll, I'll, I'll use your words use your words i'll get there um but yeah is there is there you know a, a point where you kind of say you know what enough is enough there's too many images in this or are you very much now having seen the results that that has got for you kind of thinking more is better i just think that that particular article it called for the images because i was talking about the my vision board and then the reality shot that was so that article called for it i i wouldn't do it just to 
as a gimmick. I would I would probably only do it if it called for it. Sometimes in the podcast show notes, I put pictures. If I talk about a particular restaurant or something, I'll put the extra picture in. Mm. Um, one thing with the pictures, though, it's I believe it's extra Google juice because you're naming the picture and alt tagging it and everything yeah, like that. Yeah. So it does give you a bump up on Google to have more images that are named properly. The problem with I see with a lot of people is they don't name their photos properly or take the time to put in the alt tag or description. Yeah, they saved them as, uh, you know, PNG one yeah. slash dot car. Mm. Right. If you're yeah. going to use it, take the time out and name it properly and put in your keywords. You'd be surprised the impact it'll have. Absolutely. Um, right. does, Especially does it, people p- p- push the image button when you search Google. There's that option to just search images, mm. and so. yeah, and I think that's something that you, you've got down quite well because you're, you know, you you can be found very easily across a lot of the search engines. Even just putting in the term, you know, workation, um, you know, you're, you're popping up now. That was Bing. I am playing with um, the Edge browser on Windows 10. It's uh, so I'm just toying around with that at the moment. But again, you're, you're popping straight up there, but. There's two things which I'm I'm kind of intrigued with and would like to maybe chat about. Um, first being the, the video and then your lead magnet and, and how you have that set up and the very clever way the way you, you know the image actually kind of uh, it vibrates as such to get your attention. <laughs> I think that's that's really clever. Actually, maybe first of all, how, how did you set that up and and how is how is that lead magnet converting for you? Okay, yeah, I I use the Divi uh, theme from Elegant Themes, which I just love that theme because basically you never have to change your theme ever again. It's just a, a drag and drop building blocks of all the elements of the website. So it's super easy to use. It's super easy to change your entire look and feel of your website without changing themes. And then Elegant Themes also produces some plugins that work with their themes and your the one you're speaking of, of the opt-in boxes is called Bloom. And then there's social sharing and social follow buttons that you see on the left margin are, it's it's their um, Monarch plugin. So, and also if you, if, I don't know if this part, I'm getting too technical. If you go to the work with me tab in the menu, it kind of flips around instead of just, there's all kinds of, um, yeah, there's a lot, a lot of clever Things. stuff here, and uh, Phil's yeah. going to kill me here because we're going off topic. Obviously, we're talking about <laughs> creating great content, and I'm there going, I like the website, I like the way you're doing this as such. Um, but I suppose yeah. maybe trying to get a little bit more you know, back on track, yeah. as regards putting together a lead magnet, is that something that you, you work towards in your editorial calendar, and, and how often would you actually change that, and, and how, uh, I suppose there's too many questions, I won't throw too many at you, I'll, I'll leave it at that for the moment. <laughs> Okay. Well, I've only, I've been in like an, this kind of online business since 2012 with the heavy blogging and everything. And I've only changed my lead magnet four times. So not, not too often. Um, uh, I, I, I guess the advice I'd have is I see people not getting their lead magnet up there because they're trying to write a whole ebook or do some long video series or or some crazy 30-day challenge. Yeah. And my my people that, that my tribe that follows me, they don't have time for that. So mine's a simple PDF um just sheet of all the tools I use to only work 3 days a week. 
So they're interested in saving time and they don't want to read a whole ebook. So, yeah. so that's what they have there now. I like that as well because I mean, I've a, I've a friend who's, you know, online and it's in the tech industry and, you know, and he's literally possibly spent maybe six months crafting together an ebook. It's 29 pages long. It's good content. Uh, but having said that, you know, he asked me to read it. I'm going through it and I'm getting a couple of pages through it. And now I'm, you know, it is good, uh, but I'm wondering, you know, how, how, how much is that keeping people's attention? So it is interesting, you know, keeping the lead magnet short, maybe, you know, not changing it too often uh, is, is quite interesting as well. Um, as regards the video side of things, um, now I suppose Phil has done some professional video work. Um, a couple of years ago, I suppose myself and Phil, we recorded our own video series for membership websites and stuff like that with big green screens and you know, it was, you know, there was a whole lot of messing behind it. Um, <laughs> when you're coming up with a, a concept and a script for your videos, how do you actually create that content? Uh, it's pretty much the same way. For my first few videos, I um, repurposed a lot of blog articles um, and just kind of tweaked them a little bit to fit the video aspect better. Um, my first batch of videos, I wasn't as comfortable with the camera, so I did an intro and then a screen flow video so I didn't have to be on camera as long. <laughs> Okay. But then, yeah, but then since I, since I got through that initial launch of the, of the show, I don't have a problem being on video anymore. I, I, I guess if you're a, a kind of scared or afraid of something, just do 30 in one day and you won't even care anymore. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, just, just do it and do it again. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Paul, I uh, think we need a bell. Yes. I was actually thinking the very same because thing. Because another word, your, another your word just words. came up repurpose I love it (laughs) people are going to be sick of me at this stage going this is all this guy harps on about but every and I mean everyone we have spoken to Erica has said the exact same thing how did you come up with that well I actually repurposed it from something else people seem to be afraid to do this and yet everyone we speak to who's living the lifestyle has a very successful business and is making good money online with their content has repurposed something to fit a different platform or for a different purpose to go from, you know, text to video to podcast or vice versa in different ways around. And it's again, I love the fact that you say, yeah, well, I needed some ideas and I actually repurposed some blog posts. And I bet you if I dug a little bit deeper, the blog posts that you actually repurposed were the ones that your analytics were telling you were the most successful. Yeah, you know, not so much analytics, but the ones that the the humans were interacting with more and leaving comments and sharing on social media. Not so, not so much Google analytics. Oh, very good. There was, there was a little bit of proof there and, and it's really interesting. I mean, we've spoke about the fact that you can batch stuff. So let's say video, if you've never done video before, you know, you can set up a process to record. It's not, not too difficult. There's various ways of doing it. Even a phone can be used these days. They're that far along, but think of the benefit that your, your online business is going to have if you actually were to say 10 or 15 good quality posts, you turned them, you did videos on those. I mean, that in its, on its own is a massive SEO boost and getting you in front of people on a different medium. Uh, and again, it's all about, you know, spreading, you know, your, your good work because obviously it's been of value to some people in one format. So why not another? And 
Phil, I think the challenge is for you, you've got to come up with some sort of, you know, buzzer or bell or whatever else when editorial <laughs> calendar gets mentioned. Um, <laughs> obviously, uh, what we've just mentioned there. And there's probably one or two more topics. There probably uh, is. I'm, I'm going to have to come up with some there, sort of buzzer. I don't want to set you off again. <laughs> no. Um, <laughs> I suppose if we just push it on, because we are kind of getting tight for time, Erica, we're conscious we don't want to take up too much of your very precious uh, minutes. Once the content is done, uh, in terms of created, what does your promotion process look like? Okay, so after it's created, it goes in my uh, weekly newsletter. So I have all the latest blogs, videos, and podcasts in that newsletter that goes out. And then I'm on, I think I'm on every single social media platform. So then it gets thrown out on all those uh, platforms. And then uh, maybe once a month, I'll go, hmm, it's hard to explain. So I also continue to promote the older posts. So it, you know, pretty much one post a day from an archive and then uh, the current post. Excellent. I love that. And again, it's something people seem to be afraid to do is that they feel, well, I put it on Facebook and Twitter and Pinterest and Instagram and LinkedIn and that's it. They put it out once, maybe twice and they go, well, I don't want to be putting the same stuff out again. And they're and afraid to lost keep... in the noise. Yeah, Absolutely. exactly. Yeah, yeah. So, so I, again, there's another thing, Paul, I'm going to get a buzzer for that as well. But that's, these, yeah, that's it. Yeah. But Sorry, this, go is, on. this is the point. This is why I love this show. Because we can speak to successful people like Erica and obviously with the other interviews that we've done and go through them and we can pick out the common trends that, you know, you can see, well, you know what, if everyone we speak to is doing these things, well, then this is the type of stuff our listeners need need to be trying to implement within their business to create better content and promote their content a little bit better and not be afraid to keep pushing it out there and planning it and everything else around them. That's why we ask similar questions to a lot of our guests is to get a real feel for routines and what goes on in that. And these are the things you need to start implementing because it's no fluke that everyone we speak to mentions the same things. Um, okay <laughs> Rant over Rant over um enjoyed it i have a question for you eric i know we're coming towards the end of the show so there's not too many more to come so don't worry too much okay uh, <laughs> i'm fine at the, at the start you mentioned the fact that you know you've you know you're very uh much you know you're very organized uh, and productive so if i'm sitting down and i've got a, i'm going to be creating content and no matter what it is or whatever uh it you know it could be you know is there any tips that you would give people for actually, you know, routines or that 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 chunk of time and any tools maybe that could they could use maybe to maximize that time? Yeah, I when I work with clients trying to get their online program out of them, you know, they have all these things in their head and they they're trying to put together this six month online course or um or even just their lead magnet, they're trying to put something a little bit larger than maybe a single one-off post. I have them take out a pile of, of sticky notes and just write one idea on each sticky note and then put them on a whiteboard or a wall or a window. Sticky notes! Um, I know, I just want to say it. Yeah. <laughs> There's a buzzer's gone off again. Is that a buzzer word? Is yeah, that it is. <laughs> and, so, and then they can just rearrange the sticky notes until it makes sense and logic to them and the program comes together and it also is good to work with a coach or someone when you are trying to get these larger 
online courses or things out into the world because they can kind of coach the products out of you. I love it. I love my sticky notes. In fact, Paul, we have a sticky note session tomorrow, I believe. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm more a fan of a whiteboard. I've got the most unbelievable whiteboard you will ever see. However, it's uh, it's actually back in my parents' house. It was my bedroom many years ago, but it's so big, I just can't bring it around. So sticky notes always wins over for the simple, uh, you know, simplicity of transporting them. But um, I like that. Again, it is clarity. It is getting your ideas in your head, out onto a piece of paper onto a board or, or whatever you know uh, and then once it's out you can actually start organizing structuring and i really like the the contrast to i suppose the comparison you make there eric of you know a blog post to a, say a bigger idea either way i mean it's still kind of the same process and i think a lot of people wouldn't really notice that or or that wouldn't be immediately obvious so thanks for that tip yeah no problem and if just another uh product is uh, trello.com if you need to take your sticky board with you if you travel full-time and you don't have room mm. in your suitcase for yeah, a yeah, big whiteboard that's, that's not um, tre- yeah <laughs> trello is a uh, another tool you can use it's like virtual whiteboard and sticky notes <laughs> yes yeah i've used it a little bit i haven't gotten into it now i must admit i kind of I'm guilty of shoving everything into OneNote, um, oh. <laughs> organizing my life that way. So um, that that is good and bad, but e- either way, it's use something. I guess is, is absolutely fundamental. Um, Phil, we are running tight on time. Have you any more questions you would like to ask Erica before we wrap things up? I have 101 questions I'd like to ask Erica, not necessarily around content, because the deeper I'm getting into your site as we're talking, I'm looking at some great locations and stuff like that. I actually just want to talk to you about where you've been and traveling and stuff like that. You want to plan a holiday, isn't it? Yeah, so we we, we might have a chat after the interview, but no, I think that'll... Location. Yeah, I think that'll wrap us up for the moment. I suppose before we let you go, Erica, um, if our audience want to drop you a line and find out a little bit more about you, or even just say thank you very much for sharing your knowledge with them today, where can they get a hold of you? Yeah, well, my main hub is ericaduran.co, and all my social media links are there, of course, and I'm active on all of them. So I'm pretty much my only marketing is on social media. Excellent stuff. And a little birdie told me as well that if people wanted to jump in and get a free session with you and uh, try and get some more great nuggets of information of you, they can also do that. That's right. They can go to ericaduran.co forward slash aloha. So it's an aloha strategy session where we just help you to get really clear on how you want to design your lifestyle with a business to support it. Lovely stuff. Uh, I'll book myself in there now. (laughs) (laughs) Great. Well, listen, Erica, again, thank you very much for taking the time out of your day to come on and speak to us. A lot of great stuff there. I think our audience are going to find particularly useful. Um, So we really appreciate that. Thanks for having me. I could talk about this stuff all day. My friends are sick of me, so I'm glad I have you guys to talk to. Excellent. Well, we'll talk again soon. So thanks very much. Thank you. Okay, so that was the Erica Duran interview. Paul, I don't know about you, but there was some seriously good nuggets of information in there. There certainly was. I mean, it's difficult to know where to start. I mean, the... You know, the work ethic, the batching, the, the preparation that goes into all of our content. I mean, that's inspirational in itself and, and certainly some great info for us to take away. Um, I mean, everything is is capable of being batched and that was really emphasized. And 
Um, no matter what you're doing, whether it's it's blogging, whether it's podcasting, um, literally anything can be botched. Uh, and that's certainly something that I'll be taking away and looking at in a little bit more detail anyway. Yeah, I mean, I, I was blown away by the fact that she actually says she tries to sit down in one day and write the month's worth of content. I mean, there's some serious prep that has to go into that to be able to have enough at hand that you can spend a day writing a month's worth of content. And, you know, like you think about it, you know, if you fail, oh, no, I only got two weeks done. That's only one day of work, you know. So, again, absolutely fantastic stuff there. And, um, yeah, blown away by that. I'm, I'm actually interested to, to try it because I think sometimes, you know, I need a deadline to work to. And sometimes I notice that I'm, I'm more effective. So possibly if I challenge myself like that, you know, that, that could lead to a higher level of productivity. Yeah, absolutely so. And I mean, one of the things Erica was talking about as well is, is that all of our content has a has a theme, um, which I found really, really interesting because, you know, as she says herself, once she has a theme in place for our content, it writer's block doesn't occur. So it's quite interesting to see maybe if some of our listeners out there can apply that to their content. And, you know, the theme for the month um, will be set out in advance. And certainly then when it comes to creating content and coming up with content ideas, that, that won't be so much of a chore. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's something that we've seen a, a lot of online marketers do. I know Pat Flume went through a, a phase uh, late last year where he was looking at having um, the theme of email and, and everything was based around, you know, building email lists and everything needed for, for that. So, you know, that it's it's something we're seeing in a, num- a number of high profile uh, bloggers and online business people do. So, again, very, very uh, nice to hear that it's, it's been successful for Erica. Um, possibly something that we could all look to to actually build into our plan being in our content uh, through our editorial calendar or, or whatever other way that we actually you know, plan ahead to keep us uh, on track more than anything else and actually improve the, the end user experience and the audience feel because they kind of will know a bit more of what to expect rather than, you know, some people try to be really clever and put all this brilliant content but kind of guard it initially and don't actually tell you what you're going to get straight away and, and a lot of people just lose interest and don't actually read those articles so yeah having a theme i really like it yeah i mean and one of the big things for me as well i mean i don't know if you picked up on this but certainly erica has a, has a good understanding about how her how her uh, audience consume her content and on what devices that they do i mean i think she referenced the fact that 90 percent um is viewed on a, on a smartphone and you know she kind of made reference to the fact that because of that that the layout and, and design of our content has to be done in such a way that it's easily consumable on an, on a smartphone. So line spacing becomes very, very important for her to make sure that the, the UI experience is so good. Yeah, and I mean, when you think about it, it makes sense. I mean, she's, you know, she's working with people who are trying to gain freedom um, and be able to travel while they work. So it makes sense that people are actually going on her site with mobile devices and I'm very clever that she's you know built her content uh, around that so again very easy to check on Google Analytics once you have that piece set up you can go in very quickly so for example um, I know that 35% of people are now looking at us from iPhones on, on this service so it's very very granular um, and you can actually tell the device by the size of the screen or sometimes it's actually listed within Google Analytics so again actionable information that allows you to serve your audience better all for that 
Yeah, absolutely. And of course, then there was some great links and resources mentioned. Um, I mean, Grammarly was one we're, we're all aware of, but it's quite funny. You, you know, these services exist, but yet most people don't seem to use them. And that's, it's one that Erica recommended that, you know, if you do have to edit your own content, which we don't really recommend where where you can avoid it. Um, but Grammarly is a great tool to put your content into and that'll check it over for your uh, grammatical errors and proofread it and stuff like that for you. So one to keep in the back pocket should you require it. Yeah, and I have to say, I mean, I thought I was, I had things good with a diamond membership at Hilton, but uh, she's really brought it one step further, living <laughs> in their luxury resorts. So, yeah, play to her. Yeah, and I mean, listen, Erica is obviously, as we said, very, very well organized. And, and uh, thanks to her as well. Obviously, if you head on to ericaduran.co forward slash haloha, um, you can claim a complimentary strategy session with Erica where she'll sit down and go through your stuff. Um, and try and get it out of your brain and uh, hopefully point you in the right direction and of course uh, as we were talking about that uh, my favorite sticky notes popped up again Paul oh as it always does eh? <laughs> but yeah listen um, I suppose we'll wrap it up there keep that one where it is plenty for you to have a look at and think about uh, from Erica there and of course if you like today's episode we'd really appreciate you leaving us a rating and review on iTunes and of course why not drop Erica a tweet or catch her on Facebook and uh, just send her a little message to say thanks for sharing such valuable information with us today but uh, from me and and me that's my cue and me and you uh, we'll uh, say goodbye till next time Thank you.